this is Leah, and welcome to this week's Hashtag For Paris podcast. It's wonderful that you could join us for this week's teaching. I'll explain a little bit more about who we are at the end, but for now, let's jump right in. So today, I, I want to begin on a subject that I struggle with, discouragement. So the next number of weeks, we are going to look at, you know, how do we defeat discouragement? Because I don't know about you, but discouragement is insidious. It, it can start in such an unexpected way. It can last for way too long. It can come in moments of life where we may not have even expected it. And it begins to just weigh you down. Discouragement is, is contagious. It, it can start to bleed into other elements of life. You can see within families, if, if one person is discouraged, it's like other people carry the weight or at the workplace, or at school, or even at churches. I don't know about you, but, but maybe this has been a season of discouragement. And so, how do we respond? How, how do we defeat discouragement in the midst of life? Because discouragement begins to rob us of one of the great promises that, that God gives to us in Jesus, that, that promise of the abundant life, of the life worth living. And maybe for some of you watching this today, you're not really feeling that. You're, you're feeling, feeling weighed down by the circumstances and the situations that is, is feeding the discouragement in the midst of your life. And so starting today, leading all the way up to Christmas, we're going to be in a new series called A Hope-Filled Christmas. Now, when, when you hear that word hope, what, what comes to mind? Is it just optimism? Is it just wishful thinking? It's, it's that, but it's something even greater. It's, it's a perspective in life that steps beyond our emotions, that, that steps beyond our circumstances. And, and if you grasp this, can even step beyond our control. And so I don't know where you're at, I don't know where you are in the midst of life and what you are facing. I don't know where you're at when it comes to your faith and your belief in God. But believe me when I say this, this is a series for you. It's a series for me. Because we need to defeat discouragement in the midst of life and live with a greater sense of hope. And so today, I'm just going to kind of kick it off. To, to kind of give us a kind of a, a framework in terms of where we are going to continue to go for the next number of weeks. And to kind of get us started, we're, we're going to turn to uh, the middle part of the Bible, uh, the book of Psalms. Listen, if you're not very familiar with the Bible, the book of Psalms is a great place to find because it's right in the middle. If you just crack your Bible right in the middle, you find the book of Psalms. And today we're going to look at one particular Psalm, Psalm 121. There's 150 in total, and basically what the Psalms are is they are prayers to God, conversations to God, covering a whole wealth of situations and circumstances, oftentimes said by people, oftentimes used by groups of people as, as a means of just expressing what is going on in the midst of life. And so for our time, we're going to look at Psalm 121, and What's amazing about this psalm is that there is disagreement among scholars as to when exactly it was written in history, which I think is brilliant because it means that it is a psalm for all of life. 
But what I really want us to key in on is, is in Psalm 121 is, is one of the primary applications of this. And this was what they would call a journeying psalm. That as the people of God were, were journeying towards Jerusalem or were journeying somewhere else, they would, they would not only say this psalm, they would sing it together. I don't know about you, but ever been on a road trip? Any good road trip needs a playlist, right? You don't just jump in your car and just sit in silence, most likely. You, you want music playing and you, you want good music playing. Now, the problem in our family is we have debate over which song is going to be played, but, but I digress. And so, and so think of this as a road tripping song. And, and this isn't just one of those kind of top 40 songs that kind of comes and goes. This was a classic that would have been said over the centuries by God's people as a way of bringing encouragement. It's a psalm of hope. So let's read Psalm 121. And I don't know if you want to say it along with me as I read it, but, but allow this to become personal. Because one of, the, one of the biggest mistakes we make when we read the Bible is we just kind of keep it at arm's length and we don't allow it to speak into our life as well. And so allow this to speak into your life. Let's read it together. Psalm 121. I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm, and he will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. I just want to look at two things that, that really jump out to me when, when I read Psalm 121, particularly as we speak about how do we find hope? How do we respond to discouragement? And then, and then we're going to get super practical as to how this can become rooted in our life as well. The first thing is, is like any great song, there's a hook right at the beginning. And the hook is the very first question where it says, I, I lift my eyes to the mountains. I, I look up. Where does my help come from? What I love about the psalm is it can apply to all of life. Some people believe that this psalm was first written while God's people were slaves to the Egyptians. And, and like, how appropriate is that? They're in slavery and they're looking up and they're, they're discouraged, they're despondent, and they're almost asking the question, where will our help come from? Others believe that, that maybe it was written after they had been released from slavery. And, and it's almost uh, just a reminder, a, a, a memory of, I lift my eyes up, where does my help come from? But, but how appropriate for them that as they are journeying, as they're walking through life, they are asking the question, in the midst of struggles, in the midst of difficulties, when discouragement begins to set in, where does my help come from? Let's get personal. What about you? When you're facing difficulties, when you're facing struggles, 
Where does your help or where does your hope come from? How, how do you deal with discouragement? For, for many, if we're being honest, we, we self-medicate. And that can be through, through alcohol, it can be through drugs, it can be through Netflix, it can be through shopping. It can be just something to try to numb us or distract us from what we really know is going on. For others, we just try to deny it. We, we don't need help. We're not really that discouraged, but we know deep down we're dying a little bit more each day. For some, we, we may not even look up. We just look within and think, I'm just going to try harder. That this circumstance, this situation is not going to get me down. And so I'm just, I'm just going to do better. And that may last for a little bit. But we start to see discouragement seeping in. Psalm 121 says, I lift my eyes up to the hills, almost as if the sense of this is beyond me. Where does my help come from? And then there's this emphatic statement. My help, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Now, now that is a monumental saying. That is like the one who's created the heavens and the earth, the one who's created me, the one who's in control, that that is where I land in terms of finding help. Now, now I get it. I get it. Particularly for those that perhaps are just kind of still checking out Christianity. You're like, well, well of course you're going to talk about it. It comes from the Bible. Where else would your help come from? But, but what does this actually look like? Brings to the second point. There is this phrase, and I, we highlighted it for us as we read it through. There's this phrase, watches over. It It's this incredible image that the psalmist is talking about how my help comes from the Lord because the Lord is the one who watches over me. He gets gets so specific. He won't let me stumble. He stands beside me. Night and day, the Lord watches over me. As I come, as I go, God watches over me. Both now and forever, God watches over me. And, And this is a beautiful image because When someone's watching over you as a means of supporting you and encouraging you, doesn't it it bring you great hope and comfort? I I think about it when kids are little and they know that their their parents or or someone who loves them is watching over them. They're almost carefree. They, They know that the one who loves them is watching over them. And I don't think we ever outgrow that. That, that when we know that people are, are watching over us and, and supporting us and, and being there for us, it is such an encouragement to us. It, it almost gives us an ability and a strength that, that we couldn't muster on our own. And listen, we are imperfect people. Just, just let that sit in for a moment. What it begins to look like when we begin to believe that it is the Lord, that it is God who truly watches over us. I mean, I mean, this is more than just waxing poetic. This is repeated over and over and over again. And what's amazing about Psalm 121 is, is likely they are reflecting, they are, they are remembering the ways in the past that God had watched over them. And so they can be confident that whatever they are facing in life, whatever they are journeying through or journeying towards, God is faithful. He is the one watching over them. 
but we have something even greater. We have the ultimate act of God watching over us. And that is the sending of his son, our savior, Jesus, to live, to die, to rise, so that we can be reminded of God's watching over us, not only in life, but ultimately even unto death. Jesus is the embodiment of Psalm 121. It's Jesus who reminds his disciples, listen, I am with you always. It's Jesus saying, I am watching over you. This past week, I I spoke at a a funeral. And at most funerals, I, I speak on this incredible image that Jesus gives to us in John 14 where he's speaking to his disciples and they are troubled. And he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in me. Find your hope in me. And then he goes on to describe how he is going ahead of them to prepare a place for them. He's speaking of eternal life. And it's those words that bring comfort. And as I step away and I think that if God cares so much about my eternal reality, doesn't he also care about what I'm going through here? And now, and so when the psalmist says, I lift my eyes up to the hills, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. Why? Why? Because he is the one who watches over you. And that is a hope. That is a perspective that steps beyond our circumstance. That that, that steps beyond just me trying harder. It's a recognition. Even though I may not fully know how this is all going to play out, it's an understanding that God is at work. And that I need not be discouraged. But I can find courage in knowing that my hope is in Him. So what does this look like? like how, do we, how do we get practical If I can be so bold, let me suggest two things that, two tangible takeaways that I see from Psalm 121. When the psalmist says, I lift my eyes up, one of the ways that we find hope is when we raise our gaze. Raise our gaze. Think think of the posture we often take when we're discouraged. We, We slump. We, we, we drop our head, we, we look down, we, we see the circumstance, we see the, dis, the, the difficulty. Psalm 121 is saying, don't look at your circumstance, raise your gaze, see that God is at work, God is in control. As a follower of Jesus, maybe this is a, a great week for you to just use Psalm 121 as a means of going back and making it personal. Begin to, begin to make it specific as to the ways that God has been faithful in your past. And, and, and how does that encourage you for whatever you are facing today? Because if God has been faithful then, God is going to be faithful now. God is going to be faithful in your future. It may not be completely clear. It may be uncertain. It may be at times feel overwhelming. But you know that God is in control. For some of you watching, maybe you haven't taken that step yet. Maybe... When it comes to looking for help, you, you look to the things of this world or you look to your own life. You haven't made that step where you can boldly declare, my help comes from the Lord. Listen, if, if you want to make Jesus a part of your life, he will give you a sense of hope that will encourage you in the midst of all of life. And if you want to take that step, I would love, I would love to connect with you. 
to talk with you as to what this begins to look like, as to some next steps for you. And so send me an email and, and we can connect and we can, we can move forward and just continue to see what does it look like to raise your gaze towards Jesus in the midst of all of life. The second thing I would suggest that, that Psalm 121 reminds us is that if we want to find hope and encouragement in the midst of difficulties, we need to walk towards community. Remember, Psalm 121 is a road-tripping psalm. It is a journeying psalm. It is people leaving their homes and heading towards Jerusalem to celebrate together with others. I don't know about you, but one of the things that COVID taught me is that isolation sucks. It's not meant for how we are called to live. It pulls us out of community. It pulls us away from a sense of support. And, and those who sang Psalm 121 knew this. They, they wanted to journey towards community to celebrate the goodness of God with others. I was reminded of that again this week. Tuesday night, I went to a meeting, not, not about our church. And it was a frustrating meeting. It was a meeting where I, I put forward a proposal to, to help other churches and it basically got shot down. And I was frustrated. I was annoyed. I was discouraged. And my immediate response is, fine, fine. If, if, if you don't want help, I got other things I can do. It was the same night that a men's group, Beer, Book, and Banter meets, and I meet with these guys. And it's a chance to come together and to be encouraging and to, to come alongside. And I was also slightly annoyed that I had to get shot down at another meeting while I could have been hanging out with guys from our church drinking beer. And so the meeting ended and I had about 45 minutes until the, the men's group ended. And my initial response is, no, I'm not going to go. I was in a bad mood. I didn't want to be there. I just thought, forget it. And then there was this nudge. And so I went and I hung out with these guys for about 30 minutes and very quickly, it came up as to why I was annoyed. And I shared some of my frustrations and some of my discouragement. You know what happened? They listened to me. They offered words of encouragement. Heck, one guy even paid for my beer. That was a win in and of itself. But it reminded me again how we need others. We can't just manufacture this. Later this week, I received a text I received an email from the guys that were there that night, just speaking words of encouragement, just reminding me again that they were in my corner. Do you have people like that? I think one of the dangers is we isolate ourselves, is that yes, we may raise our gaze, but we don't have other people around us to encourage us and to support us. That's why we gather on Sunday mornings. That's why we gather in small groups to be an encouragement to others. Listen, I get it. It takes work. It may not always be our natural response. Think of the people leaving the comfort of their homes to journey all the way to Jerusalem. At some points, they probably thought, why are we doing this? Until they got there and they celebrated with others. Then they realized how good it is to be with others. What about you? Can you journey and walk towards community so that people who, who want to encourage you can get around you and can support you? It, it may start by just simply journeying with us through this series. 
Maybe it starts online, but, but maybe there's a commitment to come and join with us on a Sunday morning or Christmas Eve, 6.30. It's going to be a great celebration of God's goodness. Or maybe it's time to step into one of these smaller groups. But what is your step? This week, I don't know what you're facing, but God does. And so would you raise your gaze? Would you look to him and allow him to speak words of encouragement into your life? So I'm going to close in prayer. And I'm asking you to do something with me. And you may think this is kind of weird. This is kind of awkward, but just bear with me. As I pray, would you just pray with me with your hands held open? For two reasons. One is so that whatever discouragement or frustration that you are dealing with, you are, you are literally going to give back to God. And then as you let that go, you begin to allow the encouragement of God to fill your life. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I know that I face discouragement in life, that oftentimes circumstances and situations can just weigh me down. And God, I'm sure those watching here today can experience the weight of discouragement as well. And so with our hands held high, we, we give it over to you. As we think of these words, I, I look to the hills, I look up, I don't know where my help comes from, May it come from you. And so Jesus, as we give you this, may you fill us with your encouragement. May you remind us in, in real practical ways that you are the one watching over us today and in all of our tomorrows. For we ask this, Jesus, for you are the maker of heaven and earth. You are the one who is faithful in all things. You are the one who watches us both now and forevermore. And because of that, we find hope. Amen. And so now may God bless you. Now may God encourage you. Now may God be known as he walks with you in the midst of all of life. Amen. Hi again, this is Leah. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. We hope that you were encouraged by what you just heard. Just so you know a little bit more about who we are, hashtag for Paris, our church is about creating a culture that shows people that we are for them and for our local community. Jesus invites us to experience a meaningful life with him and others. So we meet every Sunday morning in person at the Paris Presbyterian Church at 10.30 a.m. and throughout the week in various home groups and pubs here in Paris. It is here that we experience authentic relationships and we grow deep in our faith journeys together. If you would like to connect with us further, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And it is here that you can find links to any of our other audio and video podcasts, sermons, and you can track with what's happening with us each month. Please go straight to our website for more information now about our home groups and how you can get involved. 
Our website is parispresb.ca. Yes, that's right, parispresb, P-R-E-S-B.ca. And it's there that you can share our links with your friends, family, and neighbors. Uh, we have friends from around the world who connect in with us online on a regular basis. And so lastly, please feel free to email me and get connected directly. I would love to chat with you. My email is leah at parispres.ca, and I'll get back, right back to you. So that's all we have for now. Thanks again for joining, and we'll see you again next week. Bye for now, everyone.